Welcome to the ICFM Leadership Podcast, where we focus on empowering, equipping, and leading. We pray this message will bless and inspire you. Hello, this is Robert Slairdon, and I have the great honor of coming today and be able to bring to you the podcast for the IFCFM, and I'm very thankful for this opportunity. I would like to also express my appreciation for being given the opportunity to speak at the morning general session at the conference in Fort Worth. I have very much enjoyed meeting many of you and to make friendships. Some of you I've actually preached for when I was a young man, and it's good to make a reconnection now that I'm a little bit older. I'll say it that way. I want to read a verse to you today that may be kind of interesting to you, but I'm going to open it up, and I hope you'll enjoy my subject that I will tell you in just a moment. Let me read the verse first. In Mark chapter 4 and verse 37, it says, There arose a great storm of wind, and the waves beat into the ship, and it was now full. Now, that's a pretty scary predicament to be in. You're in a big storm, and the waves are so big, they beat into the ship, and the ship was full of water. And then notice the next verse, verse 38. And he, Jesus, was in the hinder part of the ship, asleep on a pillow. And they woke him up and said, Master, don't you care that we're about to die? I've always found this a great story for many different ways to preach it. But with today's subject, I guess you could call it, Jesus had a pillow. Do you have one? This story to me begins to give us insight to the peace that he had to the ability not to be disturbed by what's going on around about him. And it's a very interesting verse, Jesus had a pillow. I've been asked probably thousands of times all over the world, several questions I get every time that I teach God's generals or the history of revival movements. One of those questions that I get every time is why do great men make mistakes? Why do great women make mistakes? I would have said if you'd asked me in my 20s and 30s, they stopped praying, they didn't stay in the Word, they didn't have a good fellowship, no accountability, and I would have been secure that that would have been the proper answer. But after years of study and also ministerial observations as I've traveled to the world, they all had something in common. For example, John Alexander Dowie died thinking that he was the prophet Elijah. In Pentecostal circles, we had two of our great leaders die with the Elijah complex. That was William Branham and John Alexander Dowie. And you think, how can a guy like Dowie, who pioneered the ministry of healing, built a Christian city 40 miles north of Chicago called Zion, Illinois, that is still there today? How can a man that does those kind of things, gets phenomenal miracles, die thinking he was Elijah. What happened? You look at Amy Sybil McPherson, Catherine Kuhlman, Mother Edder, Maria Woodward Edder. All three of these ladies were divorced. Amy, by the LA Times, was declared the much-married evangelist because she had been married three times, divorced twice. She married Robert Simple, which was the right man for her to marry, but the enemy stole his life when he was a young man with her in China, and she had to get up and go on without Robert Simple. She later married Harold McPherson, 
that marriage ended. And then as she got a little older in life, she married a man named David Hutton, and that was a terrible marriage. Catherine Kuhlman married the wrong guy and lost everything. And but yet they had great ministries. The question is, why do these kinds of people make mistakes on these regards? And I think it's an honest question. I don't think that question is rude. I don't think that question is uh, slanderous or judgmental. I think it is a true question. The number one reason why people make mistakes in life and ministry is the problem of exhaustion. Now, like I said a moment ago, I thought, you know, people quit praying and they do. They quit studying the word. They do. They don't have accountability. They do. And these cause problems. But no one ever wakes up and says, today, I shall commit adultery. Today, I shall steal the money. Today, I shall declare myself to be Elijah. It is something that has happened over time and a common door of entrance where their significant or their specific problem came in was through the door of personal exhaustion and tiredness. I want you to know tiredness is the reason why Dowie got into I'm Elijah. Tiredness of soul is why these ladies married the wrong persons. Tiredness is an issue. There are three kinds of tiredness. There is physical tiredness, mental tiredness, and spiritual tiredness. These three tiredness, every one of us face. You have to deal with each of these different areas of tiredness a different way. Because many, when you say, I'm tired, people think physically. They think, you know, something's going on with your body and you're tired. Well, your body can be full of strength and your mind be tired and your spirit be tired. Or your spirit can be fine and your mind and body can be exhausted. We need to make sure that we keep a review of our life. Like we do medical health checks. We should do tiredness checks over our life, over our mind, over our bodies, over our spirits to make sure that we're full of strength. So let me go through these one more time a little bit slower with you. There's physical tiredness. And the number one way to get rid of physical tiredness is to rest. Sometimes it's not a sleeping rest. It's just called being free from the demands of life that causes weariness, which is a type of tiredness. And you have to be able to rest. Now, resting is something that everybody does a little different. But let me give you some thoughts. Physical rest means sitting someplace and enjoying the environment and being happy with no demandings or no pressures, no no demands of you. For me, to have a, a week without a schedule that I don't have to be anywhere at any time is a great day for me. For me, that is something that I cherish and love because I've lived a life according to getting ready, being on time, and that's why I've lived since I was a little teenager. And so that is a physical tiredness. And and sleep is a part of taking care of that. Number two, mental tiredness. Mental tiredness uh, is something that we sometimes don't recognize. Sometimes our mind can be exhausted. Now, we have three main parts of our mind and two minor. We have the will, the emotion. We have the intellect, the memory, and the imagination. And so these parts of our soul, we need to look at at times because sometimes you can be you can be tired emotionally, and that's always a danger. You can be 
tired intellectually, which I call boredom. You can be bored and your intellect is just that way. I remember years ago when I was in ministry, people, so I would travel and do these seminars and God's generals, <laughs> they kept asking the same question. I can almost tell you the top seven questions that I'd get every time I do questions and answers. And when I'd go to lunch or go to dinner or go to a meal with somebody, it'd be the same questions. And I got tired mentally. And I got tired of just saying the same thing, talking the same thing intellectually. And so I had to start reading different books and I chose friends. And I actually told one of my friends, I said, I'm choosing you to go to dinner with me once a month because you think differently than I think. You're not in ministry. You are a professor at a college of a different subject. And I want to talk about that and not theology. And, and, and we had a great friendship. When I moved to Florida, I lost the, the weekly or the monthly meeting with him. But that was so good for me at that time. It helped me stay out of the intellectual boredom. So tiredness of mind, you're going to have to take care of. And then you have tiredness of spirit. Your spirit can be exhausted because you've given and given and given. Have you taken time to build it back up? Have you taken time to build your spirit back up with joy? Are you overflowing with joy and peace? Are you still striving just to get another sermon for another day? That's not how we're supposed to live. We're supposed to live in the overflow of our spirit. Psalms 23, my cup runneth over. We need to live out of the overflow of our spirit. I want to read another verse to you here that kind of goes along with this before I go any further. In Daniel chapter 7 and verse 25, it says in the middle of the verse, speaking of the enemy, and the enemy shall wear out the saints. One of the great traps of the enemy is to wear you out, to get you exhausted, to get you tired in your body, in your mind, in your spirit, or in your whole person. Tired people make mistakes. Tired people, hear me, tired people, when you are tired, you allow things to be around you, to go around you, and you don't have the strength to stop it, correct it, or walk away from it, and all of a sudden you're pulled into it. Tiredness is where most of the big problems find their entrance into your life. And the devil, if he can't just come and knock you out, he'll wear you down so he can find access to your gift and your life and cause trouble, if not disqualify you from ministry. Now, I want to take the, the next few minutes and talk about the different vacations that a minister needs to have every year. One camp meeting that I was having at my church in Southern California, one of my guest speakers in those days was Dr. Fred Price from Los Angeles, Crenshaw Christian Center there, wonderful faith teacher. I know that all of you know who he is. I've always said when you hear Fred Price preach the faith message, you have to choose not to believe it. He does such a good job in teaching it so beautifully that it's just wonderful. So he came to my camp meeting the first time. And I was sitting having lunch with him after he did the morning session. And I was asking questions. And I asked this question of Dr. Price. I said, Dr. Price, what advice would you give me as a young pastor? You've been pastoring for years, now a very large church, international ministry. I've just started mine a few years ago. What advice would you give me as a young pastor? I assumed it was going to be learn Greek, Hebrew, read this author, uh, 
He would share maybe his study ways that he would study and process the word to make those beautiful messages. He put down his fork and knife and looked straight at me and goes, book your holiday first and don't change the date. And he went back to eating. And I, uh, I thought that is the oddest answer. I wouldn't have thought that that would have been my answer from Fred Price. And it kind of just like, oh, well, whatever. And I just kind of filed it. And it didn't make sense to me until about a year or so later. I realized that my holiday, that was a 10-day holiday, had turned into a seven-day. Then it turned into a four-day. And then it disappeared. And I woke up not having any breaks. And I remembered the words of Dr. Price. Book your holiday first and don't change the date. I found that now being in ministry for many years, I'm sure you have too, that if you're not careful, you will not get a break in, during the week. You won't get a break for your holiday in the year because we love what we do. And most of us don't consider that being in ministry is work, but it is. And it is important that we learn, according to Dr. Price, and I'll say myself now, to book your holiday. So there are three holidays that a minister should have every year, if not also the believers. Let me go through the three of them. Number one, what I would call a spiritual holiday. Every year we should plan a time to get away and go sit under the anointing of other gifts and ministers. We go attend those meetings and we're actually there. We don't go there and just come at nighttime and play golf and go shopping during the day. When you're going on a spiritual holiday, you're going there to receive the word, receive the anointing, to be in the flow of the spirit and get in the prayer lines if the call for them fits your particular need. A spiritual holiday is important. We don't take that break. Now, the other thing I would say here too, on a spiritual holiday, you've got to book the date. You've got to save your money. And it's going to cost you something to go sit and listen and be in and around the anointing. And we have to look at that as an investment into our life that we will not grow weary, we will not grow tired in our spirit. We read, we pray, we worship, we obey the Lord, and we go get fed by the fivefold and other ministers around us. Ministers need to be under the anointings of others so we can bless them and help them identify areas of weakness that they can work on so the enemy don't put them in a trap. The second kind of holiday, I'm going to call it the Mickey Mouse holiday. Now, I know with all the Disney Walt culture stuff, maybe that's not the right way to say it, but I think you'll understand what I mean. What I mean by Mickey Mouse holiday is what do you and your family like to do? Does your family like to go to the beach or does your family like to go to the mountains and go skiing? As for me, I'm not a snow guy. I like the other white stuff called sand. I'm more of a beach guy, an island guy. I will go those places more than I would go skiing or to the mountains. That is what I would do. What is it that you like to do? What is it that your family likes to do? That holiday of doing what your family enjoys doing needs to be planned. Money needs to be saved and used on it and not just get by. And when you book the dates, book it and don't feel guilty for having a good time that may not have revolved around the, the a preaching service or a camp meeting. You're there just to have a relaxing time and enjoy this part of God's good earth that he gave to us richly to enjoy. 
Make sure that you have your Mickey Mouse holiday every year. Because one day, if you don't, you'll wake up and you and your family will be mad and say, all the ministry did is, it took all my time. It consumed everything. I wasn't able to take my kids on a holiday. Da-da-da-da. Stop that. And make sure that you make the decisions to do it, do the plans to have it, and don't have anybody steal the joy of it. Our third holiday that we should all have in our life and ministries is the holiday of staying in the home that you're living in and the town that God has placed you and enjoy your home, your neighborhood, and the city you live in. I uh, used to live in Orange County, California. I today live in Sarasota, Florida, so I've always lived close to beaches. And one day in Southern California, I was driving around and uh, finishing up a few errands before I went home, and the sun was setting. And the Lord said to me, when's the last time you've been to the beach? I said, Lord, I can see the sunset from here. It's nice coming through the buildings. He said, no, when's the last time you've been to the beach? Well, I hadn't been to the beach in a long time. He says, you're not enjoying where I planted you. You need to start going to the beach. You're here, enjoy it. You're here, enjoy the town where you live. Many times we never enjoy the place where God has placed us to work for him because we're always so busy. But I begin to go to the beach. I begin to go into the water. I begin to spend more time out there and my life became more full. I became more content and happy. And I put these three vacations together every year in my life. I have a spiritual vacation. One of those things for me is ICFM's you know, main conference every year. I go to other meetings. Those are my spiritual vacations. I book them the first of the year in my calendar so they don't change the date. I'm obeying Fred Price's advice. And then I plan my Mickey Mouse holiday. What am I going to do? Where do I want to go? Now, sometimes for me, I'll just go to the beach or sometimes I'll go to historical areas where revivals have happened. And for me, that's a relaxing, fun thing to go hunt down the sites. Like I was just in San Francisco a few weeks ago and had some time off and I went around San Francisco, Oakland, and I found where Glad Tidings Church was, where that great Pentecostal church existed, where Lester Sumrall went there before he went around the world to find Howard Carter, where Wigglesworth preached there, Parham preached there, Lake preached there. It's a great church. It's old now, not the same spiritual vitality, but for me, it's fun. Then I went and found the hotel in Oakland where Amy McPherson died and went to heaven from. So, you know, I do that for fun. I know that sounds eccentric and weird, but I enjoy that. And I got people sometimes that'll go with me and we have a blast. We hunt things down, explore the cities. Those are things I learn uh, to do and to enjoy and not to feel guilty. And then sometimes I just like being home and enjoy the city where God's planted me at this time. I hope this little talk today will help you be able to realize we want, let me say it this way, we want you to make it to the end of your days full of life and finish everything that you were supposed to do and have enjoyed your time here on earth. I don't want to get to heaven and say, I worked for you, but I didn't get to see the African animals. I didn't get to go to see the wall and the great wall in China. These things, make sure that you do. I should tell you this story before I close. I'd been traveling a lot and uh, over the years, and I'd go places, and it got to the place where I mainly went from airport, hotel, church, restaurant, and back to the airport. 
and I never would see, I'd go, never would see the sites or do anything. And I was going to Africa a lot in those days, Southern Africa, Swaziland, Zimbabwe, Mozambique, these areas. And I said to the Lord one day, I've been over here four or five times and I never get to see the animals. He said, well, that's your fault, not mine. Oh, what did that mean? He said, I didn't, I didn't say you couldn't do that. You just don't do it. And I realized I had not booked my trips and my holidays where I could combine those things together because I didn't think I was supposed to. And I was always so busy traveling and preaching for the Lord, but I changed it. So now I've seen lots of things. I've gone and seen the animals and I have no regret. I have no sorrow. I have no, like, I wish I would have. I try to get them done now. So when I'm ready to die, I can look and say, I've lived well. I've finished my call. I've kept the faith. I'm ready to go and take flight to heaven. Today, my my message to you is beware of tiredness. Beware of exhaustion. And know that it affects you spirit, soul, and body. If Jesus had a pillow and used it in the storms of his earthly ministry in life, you and I should have a pillow too. That pillow represents rest, confidence that God will take care of you, and not being bothered by the storms around about you. The Bible says in Proverbs 3 and 24 that he'll give to us sweet sleep. Every one of us has a right to a good night's sleep. Psalms 91.5 says he'll stop the night terrors. Some people don't sleep good. They're disturbed during their sleep. And I'm going to pray for you right now. I pray for you that the hand of God will come upon you and that the peace of God will come upon you and fill your bedroom and your home where you live. And I pray that you will begin to sleep through the night properly and rise with new strength and joy and zeal. I break the torments that come against you during the nighttime to affect your sleep and your rest. And I pray for you to be healed in your sleep that you may have what Proverbs has declared as our right. We shall have sweet sleep. I pray that for you today in Jesus' name. I hope that today's little talk will have a blessing in your life. Maybe you can share it with others. Let all of us finish our race and do what we're called to do and leave here with a satisfied soul. We did it well and we did it all. Thank you for listening to me. Hope to see you in person sometime soon. This is Robert Slaren saying, have a wonderful day. And remember, something good is going to happen to you. Thank you for tuning in to the podcast. ICFM is an international fellowship of faith churches and ministries. If you would like more information on our fellowship and what it has to offer, then please visit us online at icfm.org. You can also take advantage of our resources on our ICFM app available on App Store, Google Play, Amazon, and Roku. We pray God's blessings over you as you continue to lead forward.